Welcome to the JMB Body Works podcast. Today we are joined by somebody who, as of late, has been making me laugh on uh, on socials. A fantastic content creator who lives in this car space. This is uh, Zach Chen. Thank you for having me. So uh, I found out about you through new friends of mine, um, the boys from the Captain Crankshaft YouTube channel. Um, we kind of just communicated based off of some stuff that I did with them. What's your relationship to those guys? Uh, so we actually bumped into each other in Monterey, and it, we were uh, me and a few friends uh, flew out to Monterey Car Week. Um, we were shooting a bit where. They, if they could fix my car, they can fly out to Monterey uh, with me as like kind of like a group challenge because all of my content on YouTube, at least, is challenge stuff. Um, and they ended up fixing the car. We got the idea from Donut. And when we flew out to um, Monterey, I took a picture of this lifted Porsche Safari. It was hot pink, and I thought it was uh, pretty dope. So I posted on my uh, Instagram story, and I got about probably close to 30 DMs within the hour saying it's um, this guy named Captain Crankshaft. Um, so I saw him pull into a Porsche meet at Monterey Car Week and I just told him like, hey, I just got a bunch of DMs. Um, are you also a content creator around here? And we just started talking. Jackson introduced himself. He was super friendly. And he ever since then, uh, we've been talking back and forth. We actually have plans to kind of meet up at uh, SEMA this year. We're both going out there. So that'll be a lot of yes. fun. Awesome. So tell me a little bit about what you do. Um, the content that you've been creating is uh, what I've seen is a mix of some comedy, some lifestyle stuff, some challenge stuff, as you said. So tell me about how you see your your channels, your socials, what's your bread and butter? So a lot of the stuff that does well on social media for me has been just kind of like the comedy skits. Um, I've been doing a lot of those for a while. Um, so I kind of break it down into separate categories, like short form video, like TikTok, Facebook, Instagram um, tends to be more of the comedy based style stuff. Um, and when I get more into the challenge and lifestyle and vlogs um, is tends where I lean more towards YouTube, um, which is a little bit more favor favorable to uh, those style of content, which I prefer if I'm being honest to make that like challenge stuff and lifestyle stuff more than the comedy based stuff. Um, but I base it kind of, of what does the best and what people seem to have a niche with. Um, yeah. How long have you been doing it for? Uh, so I've actually been doing social media in general since I was about nine years old. Um, wow. Yeah. So I, I started when I was watching uh, Dude Perfect um, when I was a kid and I would go and make trick shots, uh, trick shot videos in my parents' basement. Um, and that gravitated towards when Casey Neistat started uh, to blow up when I was in middle was school. Yeah, and and started doing uh, vlogs when I was in middle school. And then towards like mid high school, when I was like really getting into cars, I started doing car content. Um, did that for a while, wasn't getting any views, no traction at all. And then uh, TikTok came out. Uh, one of my buddies came up to me and he was like, hey, you got to try this TikTok thing out. So I try it. Uh, within the first year, I think I did about 150,000 followers. And that was the highest I've ever seen in my entire life. Because um, I went from on average of like, 150 followers on all platforms to 150,000, um, which was just an absolute game changer for me. Yeah, um, and then I ended up taking a year off 
from TikTok, social media in general, uh, when I went to college. And probably my late sophomore year, uh, I got back into it. I made a video making fun of the Island Boys when they were trending. Um, and that just spiked my channel back right up and started pumping out videos ever since. Wow. So what, um, has, have cars always been a passion for you? Uh, so when I was younger, like I had this like small appreciation for cars. I wasn't like obsessive over it where it's like, I'll point out every car that I see and get excited about it and just have like no knowledge on the subject. Um, but as I kind of grew older and got further into at least this industry, um, I have just grown an absolute love for anything with a motor. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I am seeing one of the things I want to talk to you about, um, at some point today is I, I like this, this term that honestly I haven't heard anybody else use. It seems like you've coined it. So props to you, uh, the project daily driver. Um, oh, yeah. I want to hear a little bit about that because, uh, you know, it seems like an oxymoron a little bit. You know, most people don't daily drive their project and they don't get the project out of their daily driver. Um, so I want to hear a little bit about the Mustang. Uh, it's, it's, it's dope, by the way. Thank you. I'm from a family that prioritizes we're Italian. Um, and I like to make this joke all the time and it usually gets a giggle. But as Italians, we're legally obligated to say that anything Italian is great. But we love anything European and mostly Porsche. So when I started to get into the American cars, the Mustangs, the Camaros, the, the Chargers, the Challengers, I got a lot of flack from my parents. So what made you get into the Mustang? Um, and, and why do you refer to it as the project daily, daily project? So funny enough, I, one of the first cars I really wanted was a um, Dodge Charger. Um, and when I mentioned that to my buddy, when I was looking at my first car, um, he talked me completely out of getting anything Mopar because he was super against it. Really? Um, yeah, I don't know why he still is to this day. Um, and I started looking into the Mustang and fell in love with the platform because just overall handling, um, power, everything, it's more dy dynamically, it's more towards a sports car, um, mm -hmm. which is a little bit more of a driving experience than um, driving a boat. So, um, that's why I kind of fell in love with that platform. Um, and I got my first car, which was a 2017 Mustang EcoBoost. That was your first and, car. Yeah. Um, uh, 17. Who, th who thought that giving it a 17 year old Mustang was a good idea? <laughs> is that you? Um, or like, did somebody in your life was like, kill it? Or did you just kind of go out and get that? Uh, so I just kind of went out and got that. Uh, it was kind of like a mix of like, um, my dad was kind of pointing me towards getting something safer and I wanted to get the GT at that point. Um, That's awesome. I had been working as a professional photographer for a few years at that point and have saved oh, up like enough to buy like a borderline, like absolute disaster of a Mustang EcoBoost. Awesome. Yeah. Just like awful. Um, and my uncle who owns a Honda dealership in Jersey, um, hooked me up with a decent 2017 EcoBoost. Mm -hmm. And I had that car for probably about a year and a half, two years. Um, and one day I was driving home from Virginia. It's where my brother was living at the time. Um, the turbo blew on it. Um, the, the vapor line hose came off and I had no idea. And then eventually everything just kind of uh, just fell apart. Um, so I got the car fixed and that's when the 2018 GT that I have now was in my uncle's showroom and he, it was practically an even trade for that car. 
Um, the guy brought it in. It had 2000 miles on it. He specially ordered it for himself, um, but he was too large to fit in the car. Um, so he traded it in um, and I got like the steal of a lifetime on that car. That's awesome. Um, so that was 2018? Yeah. So that that was the year of the car. Um, I got it in 2020, I think. Um, so pretty much during like the, 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 cra- the car craziness. Yeah. Uh, it was like just before COVID hit and that whole pandemic uh-huh. of um, like just absolute insanity. Um, but I picked that car up, drove it for about a thousand miles. And then unfortunately the motor blew on it within the first oh, like terrible, terrible luck with these cars. Oh yeah. <laughs> That's Ford for you. Um, yeah. Yeah, so the motor blew on it. Um, I was driving to Virginia to go visit my brother again. And I started hearing this like knocking noise uh, in my car and I didn't know what it was. Cause I had no knowledge on like mechanical stuff uh, at the time. And I brought it in and it turns out it was severe rod knock and I was missing like a small piece of the motor um, or engine um, out of the side of the block. So they went That's and replaced fun. it. Yeah. Thankfully, everything was under warranty. So um, that whole thing was replaced and then got the car back, had it for a few years, made some TikToks on it um, and then just didn't touch it. Um, did a few minor modifications, but that was it. Just kind of left it. Um, and then recently I had this brilliant idea to make a drift car, um, because I fell in love with drifting mm-hmm. and I was looking around, uh, to try and find, uh, some kind of drift builds to make the platform out of like a Miata C6 Corvette. Um, and a few others I, I remember looking at. And the only idea that came to mind that made the most sense at the time was to take my daily driver. And uh, convert it into a drift car, and we started the whole process with the seat, harness, roll bar, um, and then uh, we have coilovers and an angle kit coming in soon. Uh, but we're kind of waiting in a sense because I realized halfway through doing this that it was not a smart idea to do this to the daily driver. Um, yeah. I realized that when I sometimes we do what we can with what we have, and I completely understand that. But what so obviously doing some research on you the past few days, you know, getting ready for this. Uh, one of the things I happened upon was your move. And that was when everything clicked for me. When I saw you driving like across the country in those seats, I honestly, my back hurt watching you drive that car. Like that's, yeah. that's insane. I, I give you all the respect in the world. Uh, that was the kind of moment of realization for me that I shouldn't be have or shouldn't have done this to my daily. Yeah. Uh, when I was about four or five hours in, I was like recording something, got finished recording while driving, and um, I shut my camera off, got back on the road, and I was like, I hate myself right now. Yeah. Like, this is awful. It's like that classic meme where it's like, this is the moment he knew he effed up. Like, that, yeah. right? That's like quintessential that. Yeah, so, that was. I mean, that's, listen, you you, you got to do what you got to do. Sometimes I uh, kind of like along that same line. I, I it, it it seems like you know we we here at the shop, Jamie, we've started taking the content creation more seriously, and we have slowly built this relationship with uh, Jackson and Will from the the Crankshaft YouTube page, and um, and so they're doing a build with us now, and and it seems like. To kind of help with growth on these platforms as a car content creator specifically, you almost need to have a car like as a character 
in your in your content. Did you feel like when you made that switch to kind of making your Mustang into a character, did that help the socials grow? You know, I guess my question too is, you know, has that kind of outweighed the discomfort? Like, how does that work with you and content creation? Uh, it was kind of like a mix. Um, I didn't notice it necessarily in view count on the video, um, mm -hmm. but I noticed like after doing that and like vlogging the whole trip down to Florida and everything, um, people like really started to pile in and start watching my stuff a lot more, um, mm -hmm. which is why I've been planning on doing a little bit more vlog and lifestyle stuff coming up in the future yeah. um, because it really seems to resonate with people of like, they like to watch that more and stay around for that more. And they'll get to kind of know you a little bit better as you go along with the whole project. Yeah. Um, and they'll kind of get connected to it in a sense. Yeah. It seems like somebody that you brought up, I think uh, is the, one of the pioneers, really the king where Casey Neistat really developed that for, for me, that style of storytelling within blogs that I think you see in a lot of stuff. Now, one, one thing that I really enjoyed of yours uh, cause we have been trying to, I don't ever want to, as a, as a content creator ever kind of seem like a sellout. I, we don't like to promote things that we don't necessarily believe in. And I never wanted to, I always want to feel like our content is constantly actually entertaining or teaching you something in a video that you did was that Edmonds video where you did like the hide and seek style. Let's search for this car at the Monterey car week within a radius based on a few clues. And I really liked that you we're able to kind of make that vlog style where you were trying to kind of with your buddies looking for a car based on these clues. Um, so I, I, I wanted to bring that up. I thought that was a great lesson for us as content creators here at JMB because I didn't feel like I was watching an ad when I was watching that. I felt like I was watching something entertaining, creative and original that also informed me about something that I can use in, in, in my life. How did you come up with that? Um, and also, second question, I I need to book tickets for next week, next year's Monterey. How was that experience? So to kick off the uh, first question with the ad thing, um, I don't know if you have seen the hide and seek video that I did, mm -hmm. um, the original one. Um, so Edmonds reached out to me and they wanted to do something similar uh, in regards to trying to make content along those lines and try and keep it. Um, as casual as possible, but also give me some sort of creative freedom to, uh, towards it. Um, so while we were out at Monterey, unfortunately, we couldn't film Hide and Seek again, which I still want to try and do. Um, That'd be crazy. Yeah, I think we're going to try and do it next year, but we're not positive yet. Um, but one of the main things was like, try and keep it as natural as possible and just kind of flow with that. And the most kind of in between I could find was like a scavenger hunt mixed with hide and seek style editing um, to kind of give that nice even tone to it um, and just kind of go with that. So we pumped that video out and I, I'm almost positive they loved it, but I'm not certain on that. Um, I, I loved it. So you got, you got um, one fan from it. Yeah. <laughs> um, the For Monterey though was the most wild experience I think I've ever had. Um oh, I didn't film a whole lot while I was out there. Um, I did a bunch of vlogs on YouTube in regards to um, filming uh, stuff, but for TikToks and all that stuff where my biggest platform is, I didn't do a whole lot of coverage of it. Um, just because there was so much going on, it was hard to just kind of dial into one thing. Yeah. 
Were you fanboying um, a little bit? Just like looking at all the cars and then wondering what's next. Yeah. And, and I mean, the biggest issue too, was I went in there with no planning. Like we decided on a whim to go to Monterey car week. Um, which is kind of the issue that we ran into is we had no idea what was going on. So we missed right. majority of it um, because we booked our flights to leave um, that Thursday because they, the two guys I was with are still in college and they needed to go back for classes. Mm-hmm. So we decided to leave on that Thursday. And supposedly mm-hmm. on that Thursday is when everything kicks off of like that right. whole end of the week thing. That's what um, I heard, yeah which was kind of unfortunate uh, to miss a lot of that. But we we have some insane plans for next year, which if you want to talk about, we can get into. Yeah. Yeah. Tell me a little about what you're planning. Um, so we're planning on building a car and driving across the country to Monterey Car Week, um, kind of similar wow. to what Jackson did. Um, but my plan is to fly up from Florida to Virginia um, and stay with my brother and go with the same guys I went with last year. But her, her idea was to take a Mazda Miata, um, cut it in half, stretch it to be six seats, and then LS swap it, um, and then cut the windshield off. Who came up with that idea? That was me. Um, I don't come up with the brightest ideas at times, but... Um, Sometimes the crazy stuff is what gets the, the most reaction, and that's, that's what we're going for at a certain yeah. point. <laughs> Yeah, that's well, the six seater in the LS wasn't enough. So that's why we decided that it might be a good idea to cut the windshield off um, and then just rock motorcycle helmets the entire way. But we're still trying to work out the fine details. We're not certain if doing the six seater is going to be possible within the short time span that we're going to have to build the car. It's going to be a lot. Really, it's going to be a lot from a a bodywork standpoint is uh, structural integrity. So making sure that, I mean, you're going to be extending... A, you're going to be extending two rows, right? So you're going to need to extend that quite a bit, the wheelbase. It's doable. It's just going to be, you know, I, I won't want to be the guy in the backseat. So what's the affinity towards uh, Miatas? You mentioned it twice. Is that a car that you've had? Do you, do you like Miatas? Why do you like Miatas? And so Miatas have been on my mind so much recently because we're trying to figure out this whole Monterey thing. Um, and it's a cheap platform and a, everybody knows a Miata. Yeah. And also they just look like happy cars. They just are constantly smiling. So I think that kind of adds an element of like funny to it where it's like you pull up and there's a Miata Apertha showing up with no windshield and yeah. six guys piled in it with motorcycle helmets on. Yeah, it seems like there's two ways to really do it. Um, it's like you either go with the, you know, the sick, I mean, there's more than two ways, but you know, there's like the singer style where you take a, a sick car like a Porsche and do it even sicker, or you take like a ridiculous car. Like I've seen people off-road, make, make off-road cars out of, uh, you know, Volkswagen thugs and, and things like that. So there really are two ways to do it. It's like the wow factor, the crazy factor in terms of ridiculousness. And then there's the wow factor in terms of why wow, you've done something beautiful. And so it works, you know. Honestly, I, I have a saying in our in our body shop is we see some wild specs of cars coming all the time. Like if someone comes in and gets a lot of attention, a lot of times it's I'm glad it exists, but I would never drive it myself. And that's what I think I'm going to be saying about that. Me, I'm glad it exists, but I would never drive it myself. <laughs> and, and it doesn't mean that you know if you ever need any help with it, like you know, Jane Body Works will help you with it. But 
I don't, I don't want to be in it. <laughs> it seems crazy. That, that's our, that's like my one buddy, John, um, who always is like my no guy who like tells me like the most realistic aspects of a lot of things. Um, because we come up with like the dumbest ideas all the time. And he's like, this is a terrible idea. Cause when we, what we plan to do with driving out there is like stop off at places like tail of the dragon and like all these like crazy, like automotive, like yeah. Bonneville salt flats, like all of that and really push the car to its limits. Cause I don't care if the car makes it home. It just has to make it there. Right. Um, so there's a lot of things still up in the air for that, um, which is kind of causing some concern, but we're trying to figure it out. Uh, one of our backup plans um, was to do something with a smart car. Um, but our idea for doing a Hayabusa swap smart car has already been done 10,000 times. Yeah, uh, that, that, is, that would be pretty cool, though. Yeah, that would be a fun thing to drive across the country. Um, but we were also thinking about putting either a V8 in it or like a inline six like a porsche motor and seeing if we could get it to fit but we got to also see if it's been done before and all that other stuff yeah so tell me uh one of the questions that we have been uh fiddling around asking people is uh hopefully not but uh wondering have you ever been in in an accident as a body shop obviously we see accidents every day um have you ever been in an accident and if you have tell us a little bit about it and what car was it in when was it so the Mustang has been into two accidents, um, okay. unfortunately. Um, we were one time we were driving back from uh, actually Richmond Raceway uh, in Virginia from an NASCAR event, um, and there was a merge area, and some guy signaled for me to go in front of him and right into the back corner of my car. Um, and he was in a huge lifted truck with a steel bumper, so that really messed up my rear back. Um, yeah, I didn't do much to his car either. No, nothing. <laughs> Um, and then another time I was at uh, college and I was sitting there at a red light and I looked up in my rearview mirror and I just see this guy like looking down and then I'm like, oh no, he looks back up and I just see the fear in his eyes. And I was just sitting in my car, I was bracing for impact because you hear his wheels lock up and then he hit me probably about like 30, 35 miles an hour. Um, I thought the frame was bent. There's a bunch. It was like, that thing was a tank. My car was perfectly fine. It just messed up. Yeah. Yeah, I was fine. Um, oh, my back was sore for a few days, but other than that, yeah. I was good. Um, so I, I the just for reference, uh, the tests that you see with the crash dummies, where they where you know you see them on YouTube all the time, those are done at forty miles an hour. So if you were going 30, 32, 35, you were right in that like catastrophic. So he must have smashed you. Oh yeah, it was loud. I mean, it was like a solid impact where my car like slid forward and I was, because when I saw him, I was bracing. So I like foot on the brake as hard as possible. So I wouldn't hit the person in front of me. Yeah, It was like a, it was a solid impact. Yeah, I, I know you're a motorcycle guy too. As am I, I had the 2018 Bonneville. And, oh, uh, no way. Yeah, I, I love, love riding bikes, but it's stories like that. When you ride a bike, I think you become a better car driver. Mm-hmm. So do you worry about that sort of a thing? You know, like would, if you were on your bike, I mean. Uh, not so much per se, because I feel like when I'm on my bike, I am 10,000 times more attentive to literally anything going on um, than I am driving a car. Not that I'm like watching Netflix while going down the road, but um, right. I'm definitely way more alert on the bike than I am in the car. And I that's part of the reason I actually believe that motorcycles can be safer than cars, which I feel like the same feeling. 
it sounds outrageous, but it's like a, I've always felt like if I'm going down the road on my bike, I'm just like a lot more comfortable than I am in my car. You ever taken a spill? Uh, I haven't taken a full spill. I actually got, uh, it was my first bike. I was going down one of the back roads and we were going through all these curves and it was a light bike. It was a CBR 500 and I was ripping it. Like I was like, damn cool. I was like, I got my peg to scrape a few times. I was having some fun. Um, and we get to the bottom where it goes to a straight road. And for some reason I was so tired or out of it that day that I locked onto a tree, like my eyes. And I just slowly veered off the road Ooh. and I caught an edge and I tried to correct it. And then I ended up locking my brakes and thank God that the road was the way it was. Um, it was just a gravel pull off is where I got sucked into my wheels locked up and I went into this culvert, um, kept the bike standing the entire time. Bike was completely fine. I was fine. I mean, my back was sore for a few days, but other than that, shaking up too. Oh yeah. I was scared, but it, funny enough, um, we weren't supposed to go to that road that day, but a few of our friends were going to rip this road known as 33 um, up in Virginia. And my buddy's car was a, it was a Evo 8. And um, I was like, his car was leaking oil. So I was like, just take mine. So he was following me in my car and saw me go off the whole road. Thank God. Uh, yeah. And uh, he pulled over and made sure I was good. Um, it was a fun day. <laughs> yeah. You got a story out of it. Yeah. And, and honestly, those close calls were even the most riding, I think. I mean, if you only have safe things happen, you only have safe experiences, and you're really never going to go down. Same thing in the car. Like, my first car was a, an Audi A3. Uh, it was an S line. It was the hatchback. Um, I think it was like a, I forget what year it was. But it was when, before they had the, the sedan, it was, it was the hatchback version. Super reliable car, super fun, well balanced. You know, plenty of speed for me with my first car, and uh, I, I guess I really had never understood the idea of going too fast around a turn, and I just hit a, a patch of, of, I don't know, dry land and slid out, and I, I thought I smashed into the wall, but it was curved up, so I guess I went up the wall and then came back down. Parked it, got out, looked. The car was fine. Just had a little dirt in the wheels. This is why I know that I can never hide anything from my dad. I went home. The one thing I realized that day, and I, it happened to me again, I was blasting music. And during the accident, the, like the, in my head, the music completely turned off. And once the accident, like all the adrenaline finally dumped, I, I heard the music blaring again. I, just, I don't know why that always sticks out in my head. It happened to me twice. I got rear-ended once. But I was washing the car when I got home to try to get the dirt off and hide it from my parents. And my dad, this is this is how you know. Don't if you ever try to get away with something, don't break routine. He came up and he goes, What happened to the car? Oh nothing, nothing. He goes, You never wash your car. <laughs> what happened to your car? If I would have left the car like that, you never would have found out. But uh, that that was terrifying. But that car was pretty reliable even even after that. So I, I, I have good memories with it. But yeah, you you need tough things to happen for you to realize the limits of things and that might have been yours. So, I mean, look at it as like a blessing, not, not just a curse. Yeah. But, I, I've really had, I've had a lot more scary moments than like actual incidents happen that I've kind of learned from, uh, especially right. with bikes. Like I just got into drag racing, the ZX and that thing has been a lot of fun, but there's been, I don't have a stabilizer on my handlebars when I probably should. And 
there's been so many instances the first year yeah pops right up and then as soon as you land you get a death wobble and you kind of learn how to handle the throttle control so you don't like get a death wobble (laughs) i'm sure on the track and you're you know you're on the track when you're doing the drag stuff yeah and and are you in full gear and kind of (laughs) (laughs) yeah that that hesitation told me everything i needed to know i saw one of the videos you put up where you were like basically the idea was riding with a you know a jigsaw guy and he comes with like flip-flops and showing like that's i see i mean in florida you must see that all the time oh it's bad i live in connecticut where it's a no helmet state and i don't understand that yeah i don't understand that's the same thing in florida i realized that like i will never ride without a helmet and then jeans or like riding jeans like i've i don't promote this but i ride in t-shirts a lot and sneakers uh, but i'll always i'll always have gloves on helmets on and they um just proper jeans right and I'll, i'm willing to take the risk but i don't understand how people can ride without a helmet i've seen it oh, so yeah. much yeah it's it makes no sense like i get the whole idea behind it if you're going 60 miles an hour and you crash a helmet's not gonna say like it's it's the dumbest logic but i can understand kind of why people might see that way um but at the same time like if i'm going 75 miles an hour down the highway and i open my visor up it's like i'm crying for the next four hours trying to (laughs) so i'm gonna do a little rapid fire ask you some questions um feel free to answer them at length or or short uh you answered this question pretty much already but uh first car current car uh forever car so what would be your car that you would like to drive forever uh my forever car 2017 dodge viper acr track prep mm. that would be my all-time like i would give anything for <laughs> zach i've learned a lot about you in these few minutes that we've been talking and the biggest thing i've learned is you're you're a fearless guy you you drag your bikes you ride in t-shirts and you want a, a bike for acr that's like that's like a window maker so <laughs> respect what about that car what do you like about that car it's a manual v10 with like it basically is designed just for track use um and the thing is just wicked i mean i've seen them they sound incredible they're just an absolute machine and i i have yet to ride in one but i really want to because they are supposedly just wild cars insane yeah that's like the that's like the let's just build a machine Let's yeah. not try to build something safe and, and reliable. Let's just build something crazy. So that's a, that's a good one. What was your poster car? Uh, when I was a kid, a lot of my friends had like the Countach and the Diablo on their wall. Did you have a poster? And if you didn't, what would have been your poster car? Uh, I had a Murcielago SV. Um, yeah. yeah, I had the 40th anniversary one that the actually uh, James Stradman um, has now. It's the same color, same spec, same everything. Um, which I'm absolutely, I still love the, uh, Mercy Lago. Yeah. God, such a sick car. I, I like cringe every time I see, uh, the dark Knight. There's, there's a scene where Bruce Wayne is, uh, driving his mercy and they, he uses it to subvert a bad guy. And they, I think they actually told her Mercy Lago. I didn't do the research on it, but it breaks my heart. It's, it's as long as it wasn't gated, I'm okay with it. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't remember if it was gated or not, but I do know as far as there's somebody in the in the New York area who has a green one, like a British racing green, uh, and it's stunning. Uh, okay, so money's no object. 
you have a three-car garage and that's it. You have a daily driver, you have a weekend car, and you have a grail car. Now, your daily car needs to be reliable, start every time, and be functional, which for you, I know might be difficult to, to put into to context. Um, your weekend car can be less functional, but something that you're not going to be upset if you, you know, get a rock ship. And the grail car or the, your, you know, forever car is something that you might not even dry, drive, excuse me, something you might just look at. So daily, weekend, forever car. What do you think? Um, that's a tough one. So for the daily, surprisingly, I've been looking at dailies recently. This may be out of Next the realm. Place. If it is, correct me. But um, I've been looking at the 2009 um, Audi R8 V8 gated. They're decently okay. reliable. Not the most practical, but they're they're decently reliable. <laughs> it's a mid-engine car. It's got that frunk space. It's four-wheel drive quattro, right? So, yeah, I, I would say you could probably drive that, especially in Florida, you could drive that every day. Yeah. yeah. So I'll, I'll, I'll grant you that one. That would probably be a weekend car for most people, but that's fine. For weekend car, um, I really want the Revuelto. Um, that, yeah. that would be a really cool car to add. Um, and then for the for like car that I would just have as a showpiece that I would occasionally drive but be scared to, um, would probably be a, a full exposed carbon P1, the same one that uh, Manny yeah. Koshman has. That's amazing. Have you seen that car in person? Not yet. But have I you seen the P1s? I've seen P1s in person, but I haven't seen a full exposed carbon one yet. Yeah, I don't think I've seen a full exposed carbon. We, um, we've had some P1s here at the shop. And uh, that car out of the Trinity might be my favorite. I mean, I, I'm, I'm a big Porsche guy, so I like the 918, but the P1, I mean, that car is sick. And, and I was just talking to a, a, a good family friend who is in the car community. Um, he... Uh, He's a designer. He worked for Penn and Farina Design Cars for a while. He said that at the time, the LaFerrari was sold out in spades. But the the 918 and, and the, the P1, they couldn't get rid of them. Like, he said he got a couple calls. They were like, you want one? And he was like, no, I'm good. I'm good. You know, now he's probably kicking himself in the ass, but at the time. But yeah, I, that car is, is sick. I, I think... My yeah. only issue with McLaren, they are by far the best looking brand. I, some so people may disagree with that, but McLaren by far is like my top brand. Um, but they have, from my knowledge, the most like issues that I've ever seen with a car. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> no, listen, I, I won't, I won't share McLaren because I agree. I, I love that car, but I will say out of those three, Porsche is the one that touts their stat that 70% of Porsches ever made are still on the road. I don't know if you can say that about Ferrari. I don't know if you can say that about McLaren. So, but, you know, it was cool that they did the hybrid thing, you know, with, with, with those cars. And uh, are you a fan of electric cars? How do you feel about the, the switch? You know, the these, not just the Rivians, but, and the Teslas, how do you feel about the, the electric Lambo that was at Monterey Week. Um, the what's that one with an R? The the electric Mustangs have. 
Well, how do you feel about those those like hyper cars? I personally have made an enemy with electric cars and their owners. Um, okay. Makes <laughs> um, sense. I just, it's not so much about the fact that they are electric. Um, it's just like, there's something about actually driving a car with all the noise um, and that like whole feel to it that I will always love. Don't get me wrong. Electric cars can outperform a lot of things off the line. Um, but at the same time, it's wouldn't be my first choice of anything. Um, so when it came down to um, the Mustang, when they called the Maki a Mustang, I was a little butthurt. Uh, <laughs> just because it's just literally the opposite of everything that is a Mustang four doors, SUV and electric. Um, it's not a bad looking car. Don't get me wrong. No, I don't think so either, but it shouldn't have been called a Mustang. Same with the GTD, the GTD, the new, uh, thing. I love that car at the same time should not have been called a Mustang. (laughs) That that's an interesting one. I I'm excited to see that thing. I'm excited to see it in person. I'm excited to see how it performs. Um, same same guy who I was talking about actually headed the the, the design team for that Mustang. Oh uh, no way! So he 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 drives one now, and we were I spoke candidly with him about it, saying this like I have the same gripes. I mean I'm not I don't have a specific affinity towards Mustangs. I love Mustang because. I like an accessible, quick, loud, fun car. It, in any, if it's a Japanese car, if it's a European car, if it's an American, I love it. So, and I, I, but I have the same gripes. And he was like, you know, I went in there and I made the best car I could. I, I, I you know, I designed it with these things in mind. And I was like, you know what? You went in and you did your job. And I think you did a damn good job. But yeah, I owned a Tesla for a while. And every time I tell people that, they're like, what is wrong with you? And I learned that the, the best way I explain it to people, they ask me, what was it like driving it? You know, I, I fortunately have had access to some really nice combustion engine cars. There's always two ways to skin a cat, right? Like, yeah, there's, you know, there's scalpels and there's chainsaws and they both do the same thing. They both cut. The scalpel is going to do it clean, quiet, smooth, but the chainsaw is going to be loud and fun and take the damn tree down. That's how I like to compare like a Tesla and a Ferrari, which is it is a wild comparison because they're not each for the same thing. But the Tesla is like a scalpel. It's a tool. It's perfect at what it does, but it's boring. You know, yeah. like, you know, what would you rather have in a zombie apocalypse, a scalpel or, or a chainsaw? I don't know. Chainsaw. You know, yeah, it's loud. It's going to cause attention, but it's damn fun when you're doing it. And I think that that's my answer to the question. That. That's my, like, I actually really like that answer because it is, like, it is good at what it does, but at the same time, it's a very bland car. Now, typically, the owners is where I draw the line. Um, I've done a lot of jokes. I got Um, right on line, so don't don't (laughs) rope me in with all those people. It's just, (laughs) like, you, if we order a Porsche bumper, say a customer comes from the 911, I can't tell you, like, how many Porsche bumpers there? Not just 911. How many Macan bumpers? How many Macan, uh, you know, how many, there are three different GB11 hoods. There's, you know, how many spoilers, this and that. It, it's crazy. I, I could, I could stock, overstock a hundred Tesla bumpers. 
and it would be universal. Like it's just, it's boring. I, 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 and that's why you see so many poorly done personalized customizations on Teslas because people are just dying for a little bit of personality in their car. And you just, you know, these tacky wings or fake carbon fibers because people are just dying for their car to look different than the other. I just, five colors, two interior colors, it's terrible. It's terrible. I hate it. Yeah. And there's no modification company out there for them because again, most of the owners are just buying them for day-to-day -day use, which makes right. sense. Um, but at the same time, it's uh, that's what they're designed for. They're not designed to be modded. I mean, outside of the, the plaid, um, which, right. And the roads there, but even then. So now you, um, I guess to finish up on that, your combustion until you, until you drop, you're, you're going to try to stay away from electric as much as possible. Yeah. I try and avoid electric, especially when it comes to cars and beyond, especially when it comes to motorcycles. I've seen a lot of Ooh. electric bikes recently come out and I'm like, that is just so dangerous. <laughs> I've ridden a few of those and they're, uh, I had one during COVID when there was nobody on the road and it was fun, but, um, yeah, it was, it was wheelie heavy. So, uh, but well, listen, I, I really appreciate you coming on. Um, let's tell people where they can find you. Uh, and then, you know, if you want to take a few minutes just to plug, promote, uh, sounds like that the auto project might be something coming soon. What do you want people to know about you, you know, to end off the show and, and just, you know, take, take the next few minutes to just have fun telling people about you and where to find you and stuff like that. So uh, you can go check out my TikTok and YouTube, which is just my name, at Zach Chin. And then my cool. Instagram is the same thing, but I have an underscore under it, uh, just to make it simple. And uh, same with Facebook. I, again, TikTok is just kind of like comedy and the subtle lifestyle vlog stuff. And then YouTube is where I do a lot of challenges and vlogs where it's like car hide and seek. Um, the, what did I do recently? Um, scavenger hunts. Uh, just fun stuff like that. Um, and then Facebook and Instagram is the same thing as TikTok. Yeah. That's great. Awesome. Yeah. It's great talking to you. And uh, thanks, everybody, for tuning in. If you want to get in contact with Zach or, or watch his stuff, you, you heard it here. He's one of the lucky guys who got his actual name as his handle, which is great. Uh, definitely check his stuff out. Um, and uh, this has been awesome. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks for having me.